Hello you guys today is 19th February 2022 I hadn't read I hadn't read yesterday's newspaper editorials or articles or anything as I was very uh, tired when I came from the university uh, but today I'll be reading in three parts first I will read yesterday's newspaper editorial and then I will read a faith section um, of yesterday's editorial yesterday's newspaper and then i will read uh, today's newspaper editorials that is 19th feb so this will be in in three parts yesterday i saw i had recorded one poem by william shakespeare one sonnet by william shakespeare it was sonnet i guess 29 i don't remember exactly what what's which number of sonnet it was i guess it was sonnet 29 when in disgrace by william shakespeare so i had recorded that and there see that is when i this when i saw that i can record a episode in various parts or various segments which is very easy to uh, publish and publish in section different different section so that in when i will be revisiting the podcast or my readings i could read uh, i i could easily recognize where is which section so this is one thing i am going to record in parts oh my god why the hell is so much disturbance in my house this fucked up i wish i could ah god damn it i hate it anyway i am starting this the um, the heading is a planetary this is from the this is the first part so the title is a planetary adjustment india must prioritize the transition of transition to energy sources that do not upset the natural balance prime minister narendra modi in perhaps his first address this year on the theme of environment remarked that it was not the planet that was fragile but people and their commitment to conserving nature from james lovelock's gaia's gaia's hypothesis that posited that posited the posited or posited that posited the interconnectedness of nature to nobel laureate and nobel laureate paul kurtzen who warned the chemical effluents were were altering the planet's atmosphere and causing harmful climate change feedback its effects many cause many have them many have made the case the that humanity is in anthropocene era anthropocene era and is like geological force that is shaping the planet's destiny however this gives the distorted sense that it is vaguely defined planet that needs protection a notion reinforced by apocalyptic documentaries on melting glaciers the truth is more complex man's embrace of agriculture the dominance of wheat and rice as food crops and clearing of forest tracts caused the major large scale changes to global climate though their effects were apparent only over centuries atmospheric changes due to the dawn of industrial age and use of fossil fuels happened relatively speaking in a blink of an eye what is common in both these era is that those who suffered the most are the poor or those 
with the least agency to shield themselves from pre perturbed nature last year uttarakhand saw an avalanche of rock and ice destroyed two hydropower projects and caused deaths the geology of himalayas scientists have long warned make the region inhospitable to large mega engineering projects and the several floods landslides and earthquakes over the years that have underlined in this time and again but while the earth rearranges arranges itself it does so in a manner that can be destructive and lethal to those least possible for causing the the disequilibrium thus if fragile were to mean brittleness needing care then it is people and animal need animal need protection that vaguely defined planet protection than a vaguely defined planet india's position of climate justice is that it cannot be denied the right to rely on polluting fossil fuels fossil fuels to ameliorate the living conditions of most indians who have limited access who have limited access to reliable energy thus india will continue to fire coal plants raise forest and industries and build roads in fraught geology in other words put the lives of millions of the vulnerable at climate risk in pursuit of economic development india's commitment to net zero is set decade it set is set decades into future or 2070 unknown unknowns characterize climate science and india given its size and population will be disproportionately vulnerable it must accelerate and prioritize the transition to energy sources that are minimally pertrubing to the natural balance because and on the science is certain the planet which may be in form incomprehensible at present will lost will long out outlast its current residents i sh- i could have read it better uh, this is a very concerning article editorial editorial speaking in indian accent dude you are speaking like an american or british what's a british how will you pronounce editorial in british editorial and in english and in american accent editorial 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 <laughs> in india it it is editorial uh what should i be reading next mm-hmm. so this was a good article i will read it one more time there it has many of the points that i could use in my examination so i will read it one more time to get a better better under better comprehension that's the term comprehension now i will be reading from a little far away as i just noticed that i was reading from very close and that is why i was to not lose the cursor i was lo- reading from very closely very ru- from very close distance from that but now i'll read from a far distance now again the heading is a planetary adjustment india must prove India must prioritize the transition to energy sources that do not upset the natural balance. 
Prime Minister Narendra Modi, in perhaps his first address this year on the theme of environment, remarked that it was not planet that was fragile, but people and their commitment to conserving nature. From James Lovecock's Gaia Hypothesis, that posited, that posited the interconnectedness of nature to Nobel laureate Paul Curzon, who warned that chemical effluents were altering, altering planet's atmosphere and causing harmful climate change feedback effects. Many have made the case that humanity is in the Anthropocene era and is like a, geolo- and is like a geological force that is shaping the planet's destiny. However, this gives the distorted sense that it is vaguely defined planet that needs protection, a notion reinforced by apocalyptic documentaries on melting glaciers. Yeah, exactly. The truth is more complex. Man's embrace of agriculture, the dominance of wheat and rice, rice as food crops and the clearing of forest tracts caused the major large-scale changes to global climate, though their effects were apparent only over centuries. Atmospheric changes due to the dawn of the industrial age and the use of fossil fuels happened. Relatively speaking, in a blink of an eye, what is common in both these era is that those who suffered the most are the poor or those with the least least agency to shield themselves from a perturbed nature. Last year, Uttarakhand saw an avalanche of rock and ice destroy two hydropower projects and cause deaths. The geology of the geology of Himalayas. Scientists have long warned. The geology of Himalayas. Scientists have long warned makes the region inhospitable to large mega engineering projects and several floods, landslides, and earthquakes over the years have underlined this time and again. But while the earth rearranges itself, it does so in manner that can be destructive and lethal to those least responsible for causing disequilibrium. Thus. If fragile were to mean a brittleness needing care, then it is people and animal need pro- that need protection than a vaguely defined planet. India's position of climate justice is that it cannot be denied the re- right to rely on polluting fossil fuels to ameliorate the living, the living condition of the most Indians who have limited access to reliable energy. Thus. India will continue to fire coal plants, raise forest for industry, and build roads in fraught geology. In other words, put lives of millions of the vulnerables at climate risk in pursuit of economic development. India's commitment to net zero is set decades into the future of at 2070. Unknown unknowns characterize unknown unknowns characterize climate science in India, given its size and population will be disproportionately vulnerable. It must accelerate and prioritize the transition to energy sources that are minimally perturbing perturbing to the natural balance because and on this the science is certain the planet which may be in form of incomprehensible at present will long outlast its current residents. This is a very brilliant editorial. It shows that Often it is says that it's the it's our planet. The Earth needs protection, but it's actually the man and the culture need 
is the actual thing that requires the protection so we often don't care about the plant about about the natural uh, natural uh, resources and and nature in in uh, in broad terms we don't care about nature because we think it is a planet that need protections and what we will get uh, as a uh, what that will give us to me if we conserve our nature and protect our nature what we will get in return we will get the nature but at what cost at the loss of at, at the loss of economic development so this editorial puts emphasis that it is us humans and our it is humans and our culture that needs protection we are destroying ourselves so if we are conserving nature we are not conserving and protecting the planet we are conserving and protecting ourselves the humanity our race so we have to do it for our own self interest that is what uh, mostly the economics says so if you are saying we are developing uh, we are developing eco- we are doing this for the pursuit of economic development then you are also going against the you are doing one thing for one of your self interest but you are trading it off at the cost of uh, other one of one which is more important of your of of your self interest in the long run in short run you are doing you want money and resources and lots of thing and you don't care for by you don't care for destroying environment but in the long run what our self interest is to protect our human race and the humanity and our culture and that can only be protected by by conserving the nature and the resources that we have now so this is a very very good editorial i will be using some of this li- this editorials line in my writing uh, writings in future now i will read in the second part about the faith section that i was talking about it wo- that is also very very brilliant writing i have seen and has very good analogies and uh, it it is just like once you read it you feel the calmness in your soul it is that good so i'll read it in the second part so this is the first segment of today's reading this is the second part of the today's reading uh and the date is obviously the 19th february 2022 this is from the faith section I very rarely read the faith section but this one is very brilliant. The heading is the hallmark of a true yogi. Here it goes. This is how it goes. The word yoga comes from the root yuj which means to unite. This implies that we are separated from something that is our original nature. The cause of separation is desire. we can't analyze the cause of first desire but we have to find the way back pointed out 
smriti sunanda in a discourse this means we have to withdraw from all kinds of attachments if one wants to unite with the cosmic spirit trying to get united with the cosmic spirit is yoga and this is possible only when there is total detachment of the consciousness of the individual from the objects in the external world the bhagavad gita teaches us that the best knowledge for all human beings in this world is to be aware that whatever act one does it has to be done to the best of one's ability whatever you are capable of one should do it with utmost sincerity of purpose a rose gives fragrance as it is its duty this it does to whoever comes in its vicinity it is its nature it does not look for appreciation or recognition from those who enjoy its fragrance it does not withdraw fragrance when the servant is around nor does it spread especially in the presence of the mistress the point is that regardless of what you are and what you do every act has to be an inspired one doing what has to be done and doing it well in the right spirit of selflessness is hallmark of a true yogi the paths of karma bhakti and janana are helpful to instill discipline at physical emotional and intellectual levels so that one moves towards higher spiritual wisdom we can reap the rich benefit in the form of true ideal yoga practice by remaining detached we have to shed selfishness and always retain humble in spirit so this was this little article and lord shiva is a true yogi there is i haven't and nobody can be a better example of a true yogi than lord shiva himself so this is a very pleasant and soothing article it just just by reading this it calms you down it makes you humble it just relaxes you is so beautiful it has the bhagavad gita part the analogy the teaching of bhagavad gita the analogy of rose and its fragrance and obviously about the yoga the meaning of yoga and how to attain that this is so much short and is so profound and rich so this was the second part second part of today's reading thank you i will see you in the next third part that will be uh, today's newspapers editorials and other articles if i found it intriguing and uh, useful so that will be the third reading thank you hello you guys today is uh, 19th february 2022 and this is the third part of today's reading and it is from today's edit- today's article and this is about this is by written by shashi tharoor and it's about refugee and asylum law why i am i am very interested in this as um, as i have heard about uh, as i i was all already interested in about asylum law because um, julian assange was in asylum 
has been in asylum and edward snowden has been in asylum and i didn't understand exactly what this asylum is is that the mental asylum or what kind of asylum is is this so uh, let's see if i find the answers in here i'm seeking the answer to that those questions in this article it is a good article it is going to be a good article as i am hoping it to be as it's written by shashi tharoor one of the best author one of the best writer i've seen so the title is the heading is india needs a refugee and asylum law on refugee issues it ought to be among the most admired nations and not one that has much to be ashamed as of now of as now this is how it goes this month i introduced private members bill in the lok sabha proposing the enactment of a refugee and asylum law the bill lays down comprehensive criteria for recognizing asylum seekers and refugees and prescribes specific rights and duties accruing from such status it was made necessary by our government's continuing disrespect for international legal principle of non refoulement the corner the cornerstone of refugee law which states that no country should send a person to a place where he or she may face persecution and even more its betrayal of india's millennial tradition of asylum and hospitality to strangers i will take a little break i will see what is the meaning of asylum here so this was it now heading the next section is a a slew of examples the government has shamefully expelled to myanmar two batches of rohingya refugees in the face of a grave risk of persecution in the country they had fled in conducting this act of refoulement in violation of international law the government revealed both religious bigotry the refugees were muslim and intolerance it has attempted to do with the same chakmas in same with chakmas in arunachal pradesh and myanmarese in mizoram 
टुडे अफगान स्टूडेंट्स स्टैंडर्ड इन इंडिया बाय टेक ओवर ऑफ देयर कंट्री बाय द तालिबान हैव नॉट हैव देयर वीजाज रिन्यूड एंड कुड फाइंड देम इन सिमिलर प्रिडकमेंट माई बिल वुड पुट एन एंड टू सच एन आर्बिट्ररी कॉन्टैक्ट बाय द अथॉरिटीज The rights to seek asylum in India would be available to all foreigners irrespective of their nationality, race, religion or ethnicity and a national commission for asylum would be constituted to receive and decide all such applications. The principle of non-refoulement is clearly affirmed with no exceptions though reasons have been specified for exclusion expulsion and revocation of the refugee status to respect the government sovereign authority but limit its discretion when i use the word refugee of course i do so in internationally accepted definition of the term which embraces people who have fled their home countries and crossed the international border because of a well founded fear of persecution in their home countries on the grounds of race religion nationality membership of a particular social group or political opinion this means that people who cross border in quest of economic betterment or because they are fleeing poverty anarchy or environmental disaster do not qualify as refugees nor do those who flee from one part of their home country to another because of war conflict or fear of persecution India has been and been and continues to be a generous host to several persecuted communities doing more than many countries but is neither a signatory to the 1951 UN refugee convention nor does it have domestic asylum framework this is ironic given that our record on asylum goes back millennia from jewish people who fled to india centuries before christ after demolition of their jerusalem temple by the Babylonians and then the Romans to the Zoroastrian fleeing Islamic persecution in Persia to Tibetans Bangladeshi and Sri Lankan Tamils in most recent years as well as stream of Nepalis Afghans and Rohingya indeed so famed uh, indeed so famed was our reputation reputation as a land of asylum that a defeated cleopatra thought of sending her son to safety of india's west coast before killing herself alas her son made the fatal mistake of turning back midway to stake his claim to the throne and met with glory and or he might have lived happily ever after in india in fact it is quite deeply embedded in india indian psyche that nobody should ever have have to face the predicament of being driven out of their home our great epics the ramayana and the mahabharat both dwell at great length upon the injustice of the protagonist being forced into exile and the nobility involved in extending support and succor to the exiles and the fact that one of the most popular festivals dipavali celebrates the homecoming of refugees after 14 years of exile demonstrate fully how important the concepts of ho- the concept of home and homeland is to an indian given this history india ought to be a natural re- leader on the question of the refugee rights on the world stage however our present actions and our lack of legal framework does our heritage no credit 
shame us shames us in the eyes of the world and fails to match up with our actual past track record no uniform law in the absence of a uniform and comprehensive law to deal with asylum seekers we lack our clear vision or policy on refugee management we have a cocktail of laws such as foreigners act 1946 the registration of foreigners act 1939 the passports act 1967 the extradition act 1962 the citizenship act 1955 including its controversial controversial 2019 amendment and foreigners act 1948 all of which club all foreign individual together as aliens because india has neither sub- subscribed to international conventions on the topic nor set up a domestic legislative framework to deal with the refugees their problems are dealt with an ad hoc dealt within an ad hoc manner and like other foreigners they always face the possibility of being deported wow this is so much saddening and emotional man truly sad when we speak of refugee protection we often limit ourselves to providing asylum we need a proper framework to make sure that refugees can access basic public services be able to legally seek jobs and live livelihoods opportunities for some source of income the absence of such a framework will make refugees vulnerable to exploitation especially human trafficking in 2021 uh, in 2011 when india came out with a standard operating procedure to provide long term visas to asylum seekers i had pointed out that the absence of a law the application of these notification can be easily tampered with based on political and extraneous extraneous reasons reasons our officials want the freedom to do as they please our for political or other reasons without being confined by the limits of a law we can and must do better india must enact a national asylum law such as the one i have been demanding for years and presented to parliament earlier this month india currently hosts more than 2 lakh refugees but the bharatiya janata party government's churlish attitude to the rohingya and other inconvenient refugees refugees risks putting us in global dog house my bill if enacted will instead put india at the forefront of asylum management in the world it will finally recognize india's long standing and continuing commitment to humanitarian and democratic values while dealing with refugees it troubles me that a country with proud tradition and noble practices remains legally neither committed nor obliged to do anything for refugees even if we behave humanely in practice i think it is high time the government reviewed its long standing reluctance to sign up legally to what we have already been doing morally international law involves no obligation that we have not already undertaken voluntarily to refuse to enact a refugee law that matches with the highest of standards of international conventions out of anxiety not to be bound to the wishes of international community is unworthy of major country like of a major country like india after all we are increasingly moving from a bed from bearing 
After all, we are increasingly moving from being a subject of the international system, a rule breaker, rule taker, as it were, to a rule maker within it. After all, we are increasingly moving from being a subject to of the international system, a rule taker, as it were, to a rule maker within it. Our judiciary has already shown the way forward on this. In 1996, the Supreme Court of India ruled that the state has to protect all human beings living in, living in India, irrespective of nationality, since they, since they enjoy rights guaranteed by Article 14, 20 and 21 of the Constitutions to all, not just Indian citizens. Based on, the, on this premise, the Supreme Court stopped the forcible eviction of Chakma refugees who entered Arunachal Pradesh in 1995 in the landmark NHRC versus State of Arunachal Pradesh case. The court held that an application for asylum must be properly processed until a decision is made whether, or whether to grant or refuse asylum, the state cannot forcibly evict an asylum seeker. At the same time, with different judges come different approaches as we have seen in Rohingya case. The enactment and enumeration of refugee rights will reduce our dependence on judge-centric approaches or even worse, the whims of home ministry bureaucrats and police officers and politicians. Worthwhile Aspiration We should build on the Supreme Court's vision and pass my bill our something or something very like oh, we should build on we should build on the Supreme Court's vision and pass my bill or something very like it. We should be among the most admired nations in the world, not one that on the refugees refugee issues has much as has much to be ashamed of now. The problems of refugees worldwide are problems that demand global solidarity and international cooperation. India as a pillar of the world community as a significant pole in the emerging multipolar world, must play its own part on its own soil as well as on the global stage in the noble task. In, doing, in so doing, we would uphold our, finest, our own finest traditions and the highest standard of our democracy as well as demonstrate once again that we are what we have long claimed to be a good international citizen in every closer-knit and globalizing world. This is a worthwhile aspiration for all of us who care about what India stands for, at home and in the world. If Mr. Modi's government wants to be a Vishwa Guru, it should behave, it should behave like one. What a brilliant proposal of a law. Like if you have an idea and if you can present like this, you are unstoppable, man. What a brilliantly written article. This is one of the finest readings I have ever read. This is how you speak and write in order to convince, uh, uh, in order to convince, uh, convince your listeners. You put your point, you show them what you will get and how it's related to our traditions, how it, how we have failed in doing so. 
how it is uh, how it is the very necessary uh, it is the need of an hour and how it will it is humane to do so what a brilliant point some of the very brilliantly brilliant points have been made here and that man has must have spoken this in the in the in the core in the in the parliament we need more people like this this person this intelligent person shashi tharoor member of parliament congress and author served the united nations refugee agency the unhcr for 11 years 1978 to 89 he is the author of the battle of belonging brilliant i love it i wanted to hear this i wanted to know about this refugee and asylum law wow so india does not have a refugee and asylum law as of now and if india had had this kind of uh, brilliant asylum law chances were that julian assange or edward snowden might have come to india and they have their different reasons to go where they are but still what a brilliant country man what a brilliant traditions we have amazing wow it is a mind opening thing amazing i'm just amazed after reading this oh wow so this was it this was the third part of the today's article and uh, let me see if i will be reading something else should i want to read one more and this i want to read one editorial but i will make that a fourth part of this episode so we will see i will i'll see you again in the fourth episode fourth part of this episode sorry so thank you for listening hello you guys this is the fourth fourth part of this today's reading that is february 19 2020 two and this is about uh, uh a reservation related to urban rural disparities and domicile related issue in haryana so this is i will read this editorial and i, I will also read other news if i find it uh, in here in this paper other news so this is how it goes that heading is wrong solution india must address urban rural disparities and not use reservation as a panacea this is how it goes the issue of reserving private sector jobs for people domiciled within the same state may face its first judicial test soon the supreme court has asked the punjab and haryana high court to decide within 4 weeks the validity of haryana law mandating 
75% reservation for local candidates in private sector jobs that pay up to 30000 a month even though the apex court set aside an interim stay order granted by high court it was only doing so because they stayed the stay was granted without assigning reason reasons it is settled it is a settled principle that legislation cannot be stayed unless there is preliminary finding that it is unconstitutional or suffers from an glaring illegality there are quite few issues that arise when a state introduces a quota in private sector especially if it is based on domicile norm andhra pradesh and jharkhand have already have also introduced such laws while the ruling dmk in tamil nadu has promised 75% reservation in election manifest in its election manifesto for the last for last year's assembly polls given the bleak employment situation in the backdrop of the reported loss of millions of millions of jobs during pandemic it is no surprise that leadership in every state seeks to find employment opportunities for its youth in some states employers may find it cheaper to use the services of of those from far away state while in other they may be and there may be an acute shortage of labor within the local population the first hurdle that a law such as haryana states employment haryana state employment of local candidates act will face is the constitutional bar on discrimination on the basis of place of birth or residence even though the constitutional even though the constitution allows the government to prescribe a residential criterion for employment to public posts it is doubtful whether such a measure can be extended to a private sector hmm good in the in the haryana case it covers companies societies trusts partnership firms and individual employers the industry may feel aggrieved that the residential requirement may adversely affect the hiring of talent from outside haryana from an individual point of view the law on law may impinge on the freedom of movement the right to reside and settle in any part of the country and the right to carry on any occupation of course the act provides from exemption to any employer if an adequate number of local candidates are not available in terms of skill qualification and proficiency and there is a sunset clause the act will cease to operate in 10 years oh beyond the question of legality what is flagged by such developments is the state of economy especially the labor economy rapid urbanization and the agrarian situation are behind large scale migration in such in in search of employment the real issue to address is the widespread disparities between urban and rural areas between advanced states and backward ones hmm i if you read if you just have a good grasp on your on the constitution of our nation india then you can make many arguments just by using the constitution it is all about analytical where you how you see things how many places you are recognizing which article is working which which article is uh, in use 
if someone is protesting then which article is in use and why why police can uh, can arrest them or take uh, de- detain them or why can't they detain them what are the other procedures just by reading constitution man read constitution of india with all your heart and it will come in it will be just one thing that will come help that will be helpful to you in 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 giving in making arguments to so many things to lots of things lots of scenarios especially the, especially about the socio economic scenario of india socio economic and political scenario of india lovely i'm going to study i will study uh, constitution of india by heart this year this is one of the major to do's i'll be doing this year so this was it for today's reading wait a second so i'll be reading this one little news the heading is what what is what do we call the newspaper headline and front page headline this not the front page headline but this is heading should i call this heading or headline what is the difference between headline and heading Wait a second. Let me see. Right now.
की डिफरेंस है रे लार्ज टाइप फर्स्ट पेज हेडलाइन डिड नॉट कम इन टू यूटिलाइजेशन अंटिल लेट नाइनटीन सेंचुरी वैन एक्सपैंडेड चैलेंज बिटवीन पेपर्स प्रॉम्पटेड द यूटिलाइजेशन ऑफ अटेंशन गेटिंग हेडलाइंस हेडलाइंस परपज इज टू रैपिडली रैपिडली एंड क्विकली अट्रैक्ट अटेंशन रिगार्डिंग द स्टोरी द मोस्ट वाइटल स्टोरी ऑन द फ्रंट पेज अब द फोल्ड मे हैव लार्जर हेडलाइन इफ द स्टोरी इज अनयूजली इम्पेरेटिव हेडलाइन ऑल्सो मीन्स इफ़ समन हेडलाइंस शो दे आर द मेन परफॉर्मर इन इट नॉट नॉट दिस दिस इज हेडलाइन हेडिंग सो दे आर डिफरेंट काइंड ऑफ हेडिंग हेडिंग इज अ हेडिंग इज लाइक अ सब टाइटल अ लाइन बिनीथ अ फोटो दैट क्विकली क्लैरिफाइज इट हेडिंग्स अपीयर्स एट द हाइएस्ट पॉइंट ऑफ सेक्शंस parts or pages and they give you a thought of what the subject is you may compose a heading for every section of your novel or on every page of a french club bulletin the 1300 significance of heading was beheading and it wasn't until late 1800s that it came to signify title the word heading differs in its meaning टाइटल एट द हेड ऑफ अ पेज और सेक्शन ऑफ अ बुक क्वेश्चन हेडिंग्स स्टेटमेंट हेडिंग्स टॉपिक हेडिंग्स This is heading, and this is heading. This is correct, but this is not a headline. Uh, title. Let me definitely. All right. Here. All right. I will read this little news here. How savvy officials had to be. Uh-huh. How savvy officials had to be rescued from NSE. रवि नारायण चित्रा रवि नारायण चित्रा वर हाउल्ड अप बाय द देन सेबी चीफ द ऑन गोइंग इन्वेस्टिगेशन ऑफ द फॉर्मर एन एस सी चीफ चित्रा राम कृष्णा हैज ब्रॉड टू लाइट येट अनदर इंस्टेंस ऑफ पॉसिबल इम्प्रोपराइटी एट द कंट्रीज लार्जेस्ट स्टॉक एक्सचेंज सम टाइम प्रायर टू टू थाउजेंड एट टू सेबी ऑफिशियल्स हैड गॉन टू द एन एस सी टू लुक into brokers complained that they had received that they had problems receiving price feeds from nse and the bse the brokers told sebi that 
while the bse had resolved the issue the nse has not responded uh, the the sbi the sebi officials has the sebi officials has sent to nse to check why the exchange was silent on the matter that required urgent attentions urgent attention the officials left in the room at the nse soon realized that they were locked up they waited for hours and then quote in quote they waited for hours and even tried to reaching even tried reaching ram krishna but she never answered their calls and quote a former sebi official told business line the officials alerted the then sebi chairman m damodaran who immediately sent manas ray an irs officer on deputation to sebi to rescue the official stuck to the at the exchange ray was sent to handle the situation due to this due to his experience in the income tax department he was told by nse official that they did not know how the doors got automatically locked from outside a source said and in another quote quote after the officials were rescued damodaran summoned both ravi narayan then md and ceo and ram krishna the then deputy md to his office and disciplined them the source said damodaran's term as sebi chief ended a few months after infamous incident interestingly towards the end of his term he took a position against hot money instruments called p notes oh i it is any news about about this uh scam or something like that from especially from nse or bse or or the from larger institutions is very very intriguing so this was it this was it for today's raising reading thank you